welcome to another episode of our podcast, what we call in the box, myself, Daryl Skinner, and Elliot Anderson, my partner. Good morning, good What's afternoon, happening, good young night, fella? whatever time you listen to this great program. I think we got a great program today, brother. We got two or three young ladies uh, with the police department that's going to talk about uh, women in law enforcement. Absolutely. Some of the things that they go through um, that we're not aware of as males. <laughs> but still in the same field of law enforcement. Um, ladies, you want to introduce yourself, starting with on my left? Mm-hmm. Hello, my name is Officer Lena Shaduli. I've been with the department for two years in March. Okay. Hello, I am Officer Casey Bennett. I've been with the department for, it'll be about three years coming up. About three years coming up on my right. And I am Officer Jocelyn Simmons. I've been with the department three years in January. Well, welcome. Welcome, partner. We yes, wanna... absolutely. This is what it's all about. And, and again, in recruiting uh, in Chesterfield County, we're trying to be as, uh, as our community is, um, having young ladies, minorities, people of color, um, especially females, uh, in, our, in our department, talking about some of the things that are going on in our community and how to become a police officer in Chesterfield County. I mean, in the past, we have spoken to our recruiters, uh, we have spoken to our academies, we have spoken to our chief several t- a couple of times, uh, and then, then the different organizations among the police department, including um, K-9 and speaking to our um, Office of Professional Standards. So uh, to this time, we want to talk about what does it take to be, um, a, a, be a female in, in the police department of Chesterfield County? Who wants to start? Well, let's talk about a little bit about, 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 about yourself first. Okay. Me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was born in North Africa and Algeria. Um, I've lived in <clears throat> Algeria, Syria, Canada, and then I moved to the States in 97. I'm a first generation police officer. There's no police officers in my family. Um, so this was all relatively newish to my family when I <laughs> said I wanted to become a police officer. Okay. There was a little pushback from my parents, obviously, because yeah. it's a scary profession. Right. And, um, but they couldn't be more proud. Right. So. And, and we'll get more into that, talking about how our families accept mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the position that we're going in to help out our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ms. Bennett? So I was born um, in Newport News, Virginia, moved to Williamsburg. So I've been in Virginia my whole life. Um, I became a police officer. I knew I wanted to be a police officer pretty much from high school. Um, my father retired from the Newport News Fire Department after 30-some years. Um, My grandfather was part of the Sheriff's Department, was a U.S. Marshal, so Mm -hmm. this field was kind of in my family, um, but they still were not super thrilled um, that I wanted to be a police officer. Um, Just like Lena said, it can be a scary profession, so I think they would have felt more comfortable if I was, you know... (laughs) Sitting behind a desk doing something a little more safe, but at the end of the day, they couldn't be more proud of what I decided to do. Awesome, awesome. And uh, so I am from Chesterfield. Um, I actually graduated from Matoka High School. Um, I am, in addition to a police officer here, I am in the Navy Reserves, some military, I've been there for 13 years. Um, So the shock of the police was not as big of a shock for my family because I shocked them when I was 17 and told them I wanted to join the military. (laughs) Um, So I I truly enjoyed I got into this line of work because I wanted to make a difference in the community that I grew up in. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That's great. Now, all of you had family, and we know that you 
family support, quality of work life is a good, we have to have a good balance between what we do in our family and personal lives. Um, so it may have been a shock or may have been a struggle for your families to initially accept it. Has it changed over time for you? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I think initially my husband might have been a little skeptical about mm. me joining the police department, but he has since embraced it and it's, it's not as big of a deal anymore. Right. He's maybe a little jealous that he's not in it, but that's about it. <laughs> okay. I would say I have a similar situation. At first, my husband was very um, concerned, I think would be a good word, but obviously supportive. And at the end of the day, I'm going to do the job I want to do. So I think he just kind of knew that from my personality and was like, all right, I guess we're just going to do this. Um, and now, I mean, he's more nosy than I am. So anytime he hears something on the news or <laughs> hears sirens, um, he's like, hey, what's going on? So I think now he's more so happy that I'm a police officer just so that he can be nosy. Wow. It's along the same lines. My fiance was a little hesitant when I first talked about becoming a police officer. Um, his whole thing was, you know, you have, you can get a job sitting at a desk and it'd be much safer, but there's no fun in that. Right. That's mm -hmm. the right. thing. I didn't want the mundane everyday life, mm -hmm. um, like the work day. And uh, going through the academy, he saw what a struggle bus I was. Um, but he never once was just like, you know, you can always quit. He was just like, no, you got to see this through. Mm -hmm. And it was at family night that he was just like, oh, my God, this is like a family going on over right. here. And he came around to the idea, and he's one of my biggest supporters. And, so, and that's, that's, the beauty, that's the beauty about law enforcement. And, and, and again, having that extended family. Mm -hmm. uh, and you all not only have your, your, your spouses in, in, involved in your um, growth in the police department, so you thought about what do I want to do? Mm -hmm. What's, my, what's the, the goal of me being in, in law enforcement? Have you thought about what's the next step? Mm. Like any specialized units you may want to reveal, you may not want to reveal them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure all of us who came into policing, some of us chose to stay in patrol, but yeah, some exactly. of us aspire to work in other avenues in the mm -hmm. department, other opportunities, specialized units. Have you thought about that or still just trying to learn your job as a patrol officer? I, I've known from the get-go that my goal would be to become a special victims detective for this oh. department. So that is what you're working towards what I'm working towards I'm open to other avenues as well I mean I think this department has so many great things that I could get involved in um, but really that's my my goal right now mm -hmm. Good. oh um, I am just happy and satisfied being a patrol officer I think eventually I want to um, teach at the academy. I think that's the military side of me. I just want to yell at some recruits okay. <laughs> so I, I think I'll enjoy that eventually okay uh, when I was going through the academy, I too wanted to become a special victims detective. Um, my thesis was on male rape and how there's the silent victims, and I've always been interested in that world. Um, but the more that I'm on patrol, the more I realize that I don't want to just pigeonhole myself into mm -hmm. one thing because this department offers so many different specialized units. And you know, I've listened to the Canine podcast and never thought that I would want to be in canine, but after listening to it, I'm just like, I don't want to close myself off mm -hmm, to the opportunities. Mm -hmm. So we'll work, see. Working in patrol, you run across a lot of citizens. Do you ever get questions from people about this career choice or, <clears throat> excuse me, people who compliment you for being a, not only a police officer, but being a female police officer? Do you ever have young girls who look up to you or kids who mm -hmm. 
who don't see it. It's not as rare as it was when right. Daryl and I no, came into exactly, policing. It's, exactly. Um, we have about 12.5% of the women, of the officers in our department are women now. Um, but do you ever have any circumstances like that? I mean, I see that, I would say, probably at least once or twice a week. But it's more so, I feel like, parents are of young young girls who are like hey look she's a girl she's doing this job you can do this and I think that inspires me because it's like hey like I'm somebody that they can look up to Mm -hmm. especially young girls to show them like you can be anything you want to be you don't have to just you know do the stereotypical girl job and like Elliot's saying this profession is becoming more of a female job as well so maybe while I'm still here we can see that it's equal equal male female it won't just be a male dominated job that's one of the things um, representation matters a lot so when there's like younger female um, or like younger kids that are girls and they see us out and about they see somebody that looks like them um, so the idea that you know becoming a police officer isn't so far-fetched Um, there's no stigma behind it. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's a job, Mm -hmm. and we're able to do the job. Well, and and, uh, one thing that you see in uh, law enforcement, especially being a young lady or Mm -hmm. a minority, period, Mm -hmm. is that when you have questions coming from your family, and they will tell me about being in law, or I had this happen to me, Mm -hmm. they trust you enough to know now I can actually get some some real feedback from from family members or from people that know you mm-hmm. which is good but my, my a question I have is the difference that you have seen in law enforcement from a male perspective or females perspective have you have you noticed anything differently as far as like do people treat us yeah, differently treat, on treat the road yes. um, I think it really depend, depends on the person that you're dealing with mm-hmm. so I have mm-hmm. had situations where um, I'm treated exactly the same as the male officer that I'm working next to, but I've also had situations where uh, people would rather talk to me because I'm a female and they feel like I can understand mm-hmm. or sympathize with them better. Or on the other, the flip side of that, they've determined that I'm weaker, so they they'll try me, which will get handled either way. Okay. So okay. Um, I, I I've seen it kind of from all points, okay. you know, being different from males. I would say I would agree with that. I feel like it more so stems on how I carry myself. So when I come to work, I don't view myself as a female police officer. I view myself as a police officer. So when I go to a call or I'm on scene, I feel like that's how I carry myself. And that bleeds over to how people then see me. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm a police officer. So, like, the job is going to get done. Yeah. Along the same lines. Yeah. So let me ask, this is a male-dominated profession. Have you ever had problems with your male co-workers? Is it rampant? Is it isolated? Do they respect you? They are they your comrades? You roll out to lunch, you meet them for dinner, you, you, you do the things that we do while we're working. Mm-hmm. You're part of the team. Yes, so working, I worked night shift for about a year and three months. And I will say, um, it's a different world on night shift. I yes. feel like there's like a camaraderie with the officers on night shift mm-hmm. because it's 12 hours from six to six. Um, there's downtime. We got dinner together. I always knew that there's people on that shift that I can call mm-hmm. for help. Or when we rode together, it was always, you know, two to three officers. There was never um, an issue of, 
you know, you're a female officer, you can't do this. Okay. It was more so like, hey, we're all here, we're a team. You know, if you're new, ask questions. Um, I was lucky that I had one of my FTOs work with me on that platoon. So I knew that I always had like that go-to person as well. Okay. I've never had an instance where I felt like my male colleagues have treated me differently because I'm a female, but I think that also goes back to I don't come to work and act like a female police officer. Mm -hmm. So I think that has given them this impression of like, okay, well, she doesn't need to be treated like a a female. Mm -hmm. She's just one of us. So we'll go get lunch. I work day shift. So we'll go get lunch, coffee, I mean, whatever you do just to kind of fill the time. Mm -hmm. But then we'll also go to calls and take care of business. Exactly. Right. I think for me, um, I work night shift, and I I think I had a little bit different experience, not because I got treated differently by male coworkers, but because in the area I was working, there was one guy and five females working. So we had the most heavily dominated (laughs) female uh, platoon. So, um, you know, we, we... I mean, we we didn't have any issues, though. We handled business as, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. needed, and, you know, we didn't have any problems. And, again, we're police officers. We're not female police officers. Right. So right. the job got done, and it, it was great. Excellent. And I, we spoke to a couple of young ladies last week recruiting. What would you what would you tell young ladies now that want to get into law enforcement? I know Elliot and I went last year, not to, to piggyback on that, we went to um, a university last year, and they probably had the largest um, – um, criminal justice, criminal justice system, especially for females. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and in talking to them, they didn't want to go into the law enforcement. Mm-hmm. They wanted to go into the correction facility. Still right. law enforcement, but into the correction facility because they felt that impact to the community what happened there than, than, than instead of being in, in, in policing. And we, we both looked at one another like, oh, I don't know. I think you want to catch them before they get mm-hmm. into that system. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you tell young ladies now or females now that want to go into law enforcement if you were recruiting? How would we? How can we impact them now? Well, one of the things is, my thing is just do it. But also, if you, <laughs> if you bring something to the table, um, I know when I was applying, there wasn't a lot of, uh, I think it was even two years ago, I didn't see a lot of female officers out in the Chesterfield roadways. Um, but... Th- also, I didn't see a lot of minorities, and the reason I can speak to that is because I'm of Middle Eastern descent, and you, I looked at that, and I was like, I can either shy away from it because there's nobody else like me in there, mm. or I can be the change that yes. I want to see, yes. and that's exactly what I did. So if you don't see yourself represented in a space, it's your job or your duty to take that um, make it work mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. just do it great mm-hmm. great answer right so for me um I, i'm a black female and when i got here there was only two other black females in the department so i felt like you know i need to just go ahead and do what i'm i'm set out to do especially because this is also my community so i think like like she said just just do it if you want to help somebody now come on we we're hiring. <laughs> we're hiring and we're and we're welcoming. That's right. Oh, awesome. You know, it, it's humbling because every day you go to work, you are thanked at least once for the things that you're doing. And so 
that in and of itself. I mean, people who aren't, you know, committing crimes, who are victim of crimes, or who are just standing on the side of the road begging for money, we're out there helping them, um, providing them with resources, and um, just being that ear for people who need to talk. I mean, there's been times where we've gotten called out to somebody's home who might be elderly, who doesn't have any family in the area, and just really needs somebody to talk to. And so, I mean, we make a difference, not to, you know, put ourselves on a pedestal, I guess, (laughs) but we make a difference in so many ways being out in the community. Really, if you want to be impacting the community, you got to be out in it, talking to everybody in society, even those who, you know, have made those poor decisions and those who haven't, you know. Well, let me ask a question. Do you all have other jobs before you became police officers? We run across a lot of potential applicants who believe they need to have military experience, they need to have a college degree in criminal justice. Um, we know that is not the case, but did you work in any other fields? I didn't come in until I was 28, and I did just about every job in Virginia, <laughs> and I was happy because this was a calling for me. Right. So right. did you do anything else, or did you just go to high school, military, college, and come straight here? So I went to college at JMU to study criminal justice, political science. I got my master's at VCU in criminal justice just because I enjoyed the topic. But for the better part of like my formative years, I was in property management. Um, so I, although I did get my education in mm-hmm. criminal justice, um, I just fell into property management and I enjoyed it. Um, but there was there came a time where. You know, I didn't want to sit behind a desk anymore, right. and it was just it kept calling. You. It just kept calling, <laughs> yeah. um, and I just again just did it. Yeah. So I, like Lena, was a criminal justice major at James Madison University. Um, so I knew this was the job that I wanted to get into, um, but with that family hesitation, I kind of let that get into my mind. So I graduated college. I was a full-time lifeguard, um, as interesting as that is, um, <laughs> with a college you, you degree. Say, hold up, Did you say full-time lifeguard? Correct. Okay. Yes. And then I went into sales. I did uh, a little stint in commercial real estate, and then I went into HR. Um, and really, HR was the only one that I could see somewhat of a future in, and I was still just not loving life every day because I knew that this is what I wanted to do. So... I finally just stopped listening to the people in my family and just went for it. I was all over the place. (laughs) So uh, even though I've been in the military for 13 years, I've been in the reserves. So it, that's, if, if you, those of you who don't know, that's part-time military. So um, I was in, um, I used to work at CC's pizza, you know, Mm. did good stuff there. Um, I have worked at call centers. I've been in health insurance. I've been in home and auto insurance. Um, I've done everything and did not have a, a, a goal set as to where I wanted to go. Um, but somehow knew that I wanted to help people and all of those things were just temporary. So I think, um, yeah, I, f- I figured out eventually what I wanted to do. So I'm here now. Okay, well, that's good. Awesome. Here to stay. Awesome. You know, I do want our listeners to know that Jocelyn's service has still been ongoing, and she just yes, returned from exactly. a deployment um, to the Middle East, and this is about her fourth day 
back at work, mm-hmm. and, and had, she agreed and to come had, in and exactly, do this podcast. Exactly. So we're, we're really mm-hmm. appreciative of it. Before we wrap up, I have an important question. We know that our, our training academy is physically and psychologically tough, mm-hmm. and we want people to be successful. Um, and we get questions about our physical fitness when we're out recruiting um, from men and women. Do you have any suggestions for all of our applicants on how to be successful at our training academy? Okay, I have it. So um, um, I think you have to go in there with mental toughness. I will say when I joined, when I got to the academy, I had just had a kid um, about a year and a half prior, and I was not in any kind of shape. Um and it definitely showed that first two weeks. Uh, I had days where I went home, told my husband, I want to quit because this is not for me because I can't do it physically. Wow. Um, so I think the mental aspect of it, though, you have to you have to just push through. It's going to be days that suck as far as the academy is mm-hmm. concerned mm-hmm. because it's a it's a means to an end. They're trying to get you ready to be able to handle yourself if um, some a situation arises where you're by yourself. Um, so the, the best thing I can say is be mentally tough, but also prepare yourself just like with any other position or job that you're trying to go into. You don't want to go into it without being ready. So run, do some pushups, go to the gym, work out prior to going because you will work out when you go to the academy. Wow. But it's a free trainer. It is. And to piggyback off of that um, and how important mental toughness is, I will say I was probably the weakest human being mentally when I came into this academy. I had zero confidence. I definitely did not think I could do it physically. The yelling, the screaming was just not something I had ever experienced. And now, honestly, I mean, it obviously helps with um, the job, but it's just made me so much better, stronger of a human being, just Mm -hmm. like in life. Because now, you know, especially with everything going on in the world now, the negativity it's just prepared me to just be able to see that daily and not allow it to bring me down mm-hmm. and embody that negativity. So right. that's good. I mean, the, the academy, yes, I, if you can have the ability to run, do push-ups, sit-ups prior to joining the academy, that's great. Um, but if not, just do what they tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of suck up those painful days, yes. take some ibuprofen, and, <laughs> and just feel blessed that you've got a personal trainer that you're getting paid for. Because yes. um, yes. I was getting married at the end of the academy, and I had the best wedding bod I could have ever <laughs> imagined. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, I dropped 20 pounds in the academy and, and gained, picked up some muscle, so it was it's yes. nice. It's yes. worth it's it. Nice. It's definitely worth it. Definitely. I mean, going back to Jocelyn, it's mental toughness. And then um, I was severely overweight prior to starting the academy. So I knew, um, like, I lost 70 pounds, which I'm not recommending people to do. It's just something that I I knew I was working towards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to be as physically fit as I can be. And regardless of how hard I trained, I still wasn't (laughs) fit enough for the academy. But it goes back to like the mental toughness. I mean, you can run miles on miles and you can do as many sit-ups and push-ups as you can and probably will do. But when you have the training officers just like screaming in your face and you're just thinking, oh my God, all I want to do is quit. And then you just have to work through that because everything has a process. There's a rhyme to all the craziness in the academy. Um, 
But like Casey, I had zero confidence and I lacked command presence. And that's one thing that they work through. But it's the mental toughness that you need. So I know I know we said that was probably going to be one of the last questions, but I do have one uh, about your families. Mm-hmm. Um, raising a family in this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how many of you all have kids, but do you can you tell our, our, our recruits that this is how do you feel about raising your family? as a police officer in Chesterfield County. That means a lot to me, mm-hmm. knowing that we have the school system, that we have the uh, areas of what we, our hobbies are what we want to do. So can you, can anyone talk a little bit on that and then we can get you out of here? Okay, um, I have a four-year-old, so she's not quite in uh, the school age, but she does go to daycare. Um, but I'm very comfortable with the school system here because I've been through it. Sure. Um, a, a lot of the schools in Chesterfield are great. Um, and I think if you're going to come to this apartment, living in Chesterfield is probably the best thing because you get your own car, you get to take it home, <laughs> and you don't have to use your gas. Um, so I, like, I, I have no issues with uh, living here and being a police officer okay. here. Good. I think it's a good. good community. I have a nine-month-old, um, so he's definitely not in school right. at all, and we're just starting to look at daycares. So. Okay. Um, but I feel 100% confident that he'll be taken care of um, at daycare, especially since I work here. I know, you know, the crime that takes place. <laughs> um, so, and I feel confident that if something does happen, I know the officers that would respond to it and that they would take care of my family. Um, and so that's, you know, comforting, definitely. But I don't even want to begin to think about sure. sending my kid to school because that's <laughs> <laughs> too much for this mama. <laughs> Um, I don't have any kids yet, um, but I will soon. Uh, But just speaking from experience, I grew up in this community. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't say good enough things about this community. I went to school here, um, elementary, middle, and high school. And school-wise, all the schools are phenomenal. I grew up in a great neighborhood. Um, Like, there's no doubt in my mind that this would be the best place to raise my kids. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Ladies, Ellie, another good one. Another good, real conversation, real yeah. talk from all, all of them. About. Uh, well, we appreciate you, ladies. Uh, thank yes. you all for thank coming. Thank you all very um, much. Well, we, we, this, is what, this is what the county needs to see. This is what the community needs to see. And, uh, and thank you all for, for what you all have um, given us. And we appreciate it. Yes. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Chesterfield County Police Department Podcast. This episode was written by Daryl Skinner, sound engineer Chris Rizzuti. We are the Chesterfield County Police Department representing Chesterfield County, Virginia. Check us out online at chesterfieldpd.com.